I'm ready. I know y'all ready, man. We're going to get into it. 49ers against Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to preview the game. All right, so uh, let's go. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I am your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. You already know what it is, man. Today, we're previewing the game. And of course, I want to bring y'all on to hear your thoughts, things that you're happy about, things you're optimistic about, things that are concerning to you. All right, before we get into that, make sure if you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky, manscape.com, promo code Crocky. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I feel like every time after a 49ers loss, it's like I get like, all right, it's like a fresh start. Maybe that's because they're in the playoffs right now. 49ers are in the playoffs. I mean, I know we talk a lot about the bad and things like that, but 49ers are in the playoffs. If you haven't already, man, go listen to the Locked On 49ers episode with myself, Brian Peacock. We did a Locked On episode with my guys uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals, the Locked On Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, that was a good crossover. Uh, you got a chance to kind of hear their thoughts on the Bengals. And I feel like they aren't very optimistic about this game. Not as optimistic as I would have thought. Not as optimistic as some of the other people uh, that we've done crossovers have been with their teams. All right. So we're going to get into it. I hope everybody is having a great and blessed day. I'm going to add this to Twitter real quick because I got my guy Ponty coming on. So. Here we go, man. Thank you, everybody that's already tuning in. How's everybody doing this morning? I see the Flames coming in. My guy, Eddie. It's always a pleasure to see you in the chat, interacting. See Bernard. He got five Flames going on. Let's go. Let's go. Who had the one flame? Peachy. Now, did you do one flame because you're not feeling good, or you did one flame because you just was like, oh, fire, like, you know, something's on fire? But we need five flames. Got to make sure Peachy's right. Peachy was real cool, man. Uh, she kicked it with all of us out in Philadelphia. You know, we 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 all had some drinks and everything, played some spades. I didn't play spades, but uh, Jason Aponte got his ass kicked in the spades. But that was fun. That was kind of fun watching. <laughs> My wife is in the chat. You can't, babe. So the way the flames go, it's, it's on a scale of one to five. So if you're feeling good this morning and, you know, your spirits are up, then you're at a five. If, if it's less than that, then... You know, those are things, you know, we got to talk about. This is a, it's a mental health check. So we see Aaron right here. I got my guy, Aaron. Five flames. Let's go. Everybody feeling good. Everybody feeling good. Let's go. Let's go. All right, man. With no further ado, I'm going to bring on my guy. I didn't want to, I didn't want to come on here and, and y'all just hear me talk the whole time about, you know, 49ers and, and the Bengals. I was like, let's, let's bring a different perspective. Let's talk about both sides of the ball. And then obviously bring everybody else on. All right, so here we go, man. No further ado, my guy Jason Aponte. Jason, how you doing, bro? Good, man. And yeah, you're absolutely right, man. I got a I got an ass whipping in Philly, and I and I uh, I learned my lesson about spades, man. I, I know I know the basics of spades, but I don't know how to play spades. The game within the game. So that's what I learned um, out there in PG. It was cool to kick it with her, but yeah, man. 
Uh, happy to have me on. And uh, yeah, man, back's feeling good. We're ready to go, man. Let's get it. Let's get it. I see uh, one person here asked for the, uh, said, Croc, I want some of the 49ers edition of your gear. That'll be coming. I should be getting the mock-ups today. And then tomorrow, I figured what I would do is because typically we do the, the game preview on Fridays. And I was like, you know what? Let's have Friday, fan Friday. I should have my mock-up by then. Uh, you guys will be able to see what the gear is going to look like, the hats, the hoodies, and we'll be able to, you know, we'll get some pre-orders out. And my guy that does it is in California, and I'm actually heading to California next week. So what I'll do is while I'm out there, I'll just ship everything out. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be really just like this, but instead of the red, it's going to be gold. So it's going to be red and gold. And on the side of the hat, or it sounds like we've settled in on the back of the hat, it's going to say the faithful like right above the little loop of, above the snapback or the strap. All right. And then the hoodies are going to say the faithful is going to be 49er font. And then uh, that's going to be in red and gold as well with the uh, frontline sports logo. So the faithful gear is coming, coming to a, a, a YouTube near you. <laughs> hope everybody's doing good this morning. I see everybody filtering in the Niner gear is going to be fire. I hope so. I hope so. I'll send out those mock-ups soon and uh, you guys will be able to pre-order everything order it and obviously everything will include shipping and i'll get it shipped right off to you but let's get into it man i got my guy pontillon we're previewing the 49ers against the cincinnati Bengals, and let's start with i just want to ask you aponte when you think of the cincinnati Bengals and this matchup what's the first thing that comes to mind that might be that that gives you optimism that the 49ers will be able to take care of business well at first, I was nervous because Trey Hendrickson has had a, a streak of eight straight games with a sack, leads the league in that, right? And I started to think, oh, man, he's going to you know, be able to get his way against Tom Compton. But when I dug into the numbers, actually, someone actually pointed this out, and I looked at it on PFF. He actually lines up on the right side or the left side you know, for if you're facing, which means – we're going to get the battle of the, the the two Goliaths, meaning Trey Hendrickson versus Trent Williams, because he lines up on the right side of the formation once, twice, maybe this season. So it's not even really a big deal in terms of that. So what gave me a little bit of optimism is maybe the 49ers can have their way passing the ball in this game, especially if Debo Samuel plays. And I know that at coming off of this game, that sounds crazy just based on the way that Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball. But... I think that's how it's going to have to go in this one, especially considering we don't know what's going to happen with Elijah Mitchell. We don't know what's going to happen with Jeff Wilson. We don't know who's going to be available. We don't know if it's going to be hasty. So the fact that I know that Trent Williams is going to be locked up with Trey Hendrickson, that gives me a little bit more optimism because I feel like that's where the 49ers are going to have to attack and it's going to have to be in the passing game in this game. Yeah, you know, we uh, locked on 49ers. We did the crossover episode with the uh, good folks from the Locked On Bengals. And they did mention that, that Hendrickson – primarily lines up on the right side of the defense. What, what, that would be the left side of the offense. So, you know, he hasn't been somebody that they've moved around, try to get him, you know, different matchups. So it does sound like he will be going up against Trent Williams. And I would say, if you were worried about Hendrickson potentially, you know, making life difficult for the 49ers, I, that erases all doubt because, you know, Trent Williams, I mean, he might be the best player in the NFL right now. He's the highest graded player in the NFL. Matter of fact, his PFF score is so high. I, I didn't even know it could get that high. I've never seen anything like it. So that's how well right? Trent Williams is playing. And he's typically not an issue. 
You know, um, one thing that the Bengals, the Locked On Bengals uh, folks did, and make sure you guys, if you haven't, go listen to that episode, Locked On 49ers. But one thing that they did mention is Hendricks has been vulnerable in the run game. And obviously we know what Trent Williams' run blocking grade is, which is outstanding. So his, you know, as a pass rusher, he's been solid. But I would say that kind of gets neutralized somewhat because of who he's going up against unless they start to move him to the other side. But in the run game, that's where he could be had. So do you think the 49ers put more emphasis on running the ball to the left this game behind Trent Williams? Hopefully. I mean, it just depends on who's running the ball, right? I mean, outside of Elijah Mitchell, it hasn't really been too much. Obviously, Jeff Wilson's dealing with his injury. Can you count on Jermichael Hasty? You know, Elijah Mitchell has been a godsend for this team, considering what the 49ers thought was going to be the deepest position group that they had, right? You know, having Mitchell and Sermon was supposed to be a luxury on top of having Mostert. It wasn't supposed to be Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell. But now Mitchell's not there. And while I think that those players were before we you know we got to watch them this season very capable, it's just hard to tell right now. You hope that that's the game plan, but can they execute it, right? And, uh, you know, and, and I think that your biggest tell is the second best running back behind Elijah Mitchell was Debo Samuel. And, you know, you got to hope that one of these guys steps up. Obviously, Brian Hill just got signed. Who knows how much of an impact he can have? I I, I really like his skill set for the Shanahan scheme, the outside zone. Um, I think that he can he can be effective. He may be pressed into duty. So I mean that just goes to tell you the shape of this of of what they think. That means that the, this 49er group expects either Mitchell or Wilson to not play in this game. And uh, I guess I don't I I think that they can. I just don't know if they can, and I haven't seen it so. I'll tell you what, man. That quarter zone shot, it does wonders. Trust me, I know. Yeah. I played on a whole high ankle sprain uh, with the quarter zone shot. Now, wow. my mobility was limited. Like, they had to put me at this position where I could only... Because here's the thing with the high ankle sprain. It was really interesting. I mean, I felt like when it happened, I felt like I snapped my ankle. So when you see, uh, you know, Emmanuel Mosley go down, when he didn't come out, I said, that's high ankle sprain. I mean, when he came out the game and didn't come back, high ankle sprain. I said that right away. Because if it's just an ankle sprain, regular ankle sprain, you usually tape it up. Your adrenaline gets you through the game. After the game, you cut the tape off. It's swollen. You rehab throughout the week. Okay, I'm back ready next week. High ankle sprain, usually when that happens, you're not coming back, typically. It just limits your mobility. First of all, it hurts. I thought I snapped my ankle in half. All right? And then, originally, they told me that I just, I just sprained my ankle. So, I went through practice on that, on that ankle. I mean, and it was the worst thing ever. Like, my ligaments were all messed up. So I would randomly just, like, collapse to the ground. Like, so they were like, okay, let's move them to this different position. That's more like a, I guess, like a down safety or like a linebacker where I run more side to side. So I did that. And, like, I mean, they had me running down on kickoff. I could only run straight. It was the craziest thing ever. Any type of lateral movements, like, my leg would just, my ankle would just give out. And But what made me be able to somewhat work through it for a game was because I got a cortisone shot. And then after that, like, since it was just so jacked up, they were like, let's go get him an x-ray. Then they saw there was, a, a like, a hairline fracture in it. And I guess that kind of equates to having a high ankle sprain, like, with where it's at. And uh, the ligaments were all messed up. So, yeah, those high ankle sprains, man, those those things, they can they can be a little painful. But I say all that to say, when you're going through a little something, you're banged up a little bit, at, at, whether it's your knees swelling up or whatever, 
they give you that shot, and it might be just good enough to get a guy through. What you know, whether it's uh, you know Jeff Wilson, whether it's you know uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell, whatever it is, man, that 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 shot, it works. It works in wonders. I know guys that get the shot just to like for prevention, so that if something does happen during the game, they don't feel they don't it. feel it. Wow, football yeah. players are built different, man. I mean, I knew y'all were yeah. different, but I, I, that's different right there. Like, like the 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 real glimpse that I got, like, and I know this is stupid to say, but any given Sunday, like that, it was the first time that I ever really like got a look, look at like what the NFL sort of is like in terms of like guys getting IVs in the middle of the game type shit. Like, I I couldn't, I I can't understand how you guys were able to do it, man. Y'all built different. Well, there's a lot of money at stake, so I think that kind of motivates you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my guy Eddie, he says, uh, watch the All-22 on the Seahawks. Jennings wasn't in there a lot. With his physical run blocking, I felt that would be that was something that was missed. And I think where it possibly hurt, and I saw my guy Rich J. Madrid put out a video on the goal line. I think it was the second run from uh, – who, who, who ran? Was it Mitchell. Eliza Mitchell? Yeah, yeah. Where, where, where Sherfield misses the block. Trent Sherfield missed the block. Now, okay, I will. I want to say this. It is hard. Like, I know it seems easy to block somebody, but once they start moving around and you don't want to get, like, a block in the back, you don't want to get a penalty, your angles, it could mess your angles up. So if a guy shoots in right now, like, if he shoots right now, it's going to throw off your whole angle. Now, if he slow plays it, which I, I didn't see the play. Like, I don't, I don't remember seeing exactly where the DB lined up. He kind of came into the screen from the angle that Rich posted. But if I'm if the if the DB is lined up directly like on top of me, and at the snap of the ball he shoots right now, because he sees the hand he shoots now and he doesn't waste any time, it's going to be hard for me to get there. But maybe a guy like Jennings who is just more aggressive in run blocking, or maybe he understands his angles more or more or better, maybe he does kind of get there quicker and and um, seals off that block and that helps. But I, I would say if Kyle Shanahan thinks that's a strength of his. Do you think that there's a potential to see Jennings on the field a little bit more? Um, I just think that I think that is case by case specific. And what I mean by that is against the Seahawks with the Seahawks. All right. We know that the Seahawks are in a great run defense, but what they did worked well against the outside zone. So that's why when you bring raw numbers into the, the discussion, it's hard to equate for the fronts that they were showing and those fronts when they're in zone blocking, they weren't able to get double teams on. Like, Seattle did a great job. It's not like they completely sold out to stop the run. It's just those fronts that they showed, those splits, they were perfect for limiting zone blocking uh, zone blocking and the, and, the, and the zone scheme. And obviously, they know the 49ers better than everybody. That's why it was kind of frustrating to see people equate what happened Monday night with the Bills to, well, the, the Patriots ran the ball blah, 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 this many times. Yeah, but if you take one Damian Harris runaway, they score six points, right? Like, you make it seem like it was the NFC Championship in which the 49ers ran the ball 40 times, but they were running it for six a clip. That wasn't exactly what was happening, right? So that's why I think it gets a little messed up where people are like, man, you got to stick with the run. You got to stick with the run. Well, credit to Seattle Seahawks. The fronts were good, and and they, they slowed it down. And also... For Elijah Mitchell, man, he's the only guy who could run the ball, unfortunately. He was the only one who was out there. Wilson couldn't, you know, and everybody, and it was just Mitchell. So, I mean, I think that is a lot of give and take. And there's a little, that's the game inside the game that people, you know, that I'm starting to learn a little bit more about in, in terms of fronts, where people are, where people are lined up. 
being having having somebody right on the center, having uh the the three tech have their 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 shoulder inside the 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 tackle, like those sort of things, those little things are 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 what like made the difference there. So I'm not necessarily sure if Jennings would have helped in that game, but this game I think that that can be a help, you know, because I don't think the Bengals are as equipped to to do all that. Right. Shout out to my guy. This is my guy, Jason Aponte. He's joining me. He's one of the hosts of the Sprint Right Option podcast. Jason, when you look at this 49ers offense and you look like you look at it, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo led offense. Do you are you as encouraged as I am that this would be like that kind of get back on track game from Jimmy Garoppolo, where maybe he does go above and beyond what people think he's capable of doing? I feel like every so often, like, you know, we'll see things kind of falling off the railings and then he'll put the pieces back together and have a big game. Do you think that, you know, you see anything like that in the future for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo heading into this game against Cincinnati? And I think their defense is, you know, this is the recipe for him. We saw a guy, Mike White, come in and throw for over 400 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals uh, Mm -hmm. defense. We saw Justin Herbert and what he did. Now, again, I I don't want to say Jimmy's Justin Herbert, but Jimmy Garoppolo has had really good games. I believe he had a 300-yard passing game against the Cincinnati Bengals a couple years ago. I do feel like this is the game where Jimmy finally is like, okay, let me get back on track and get things going, even if the 49ers can't heavily lead on the run game. Yeah, I feel like this is the exact spot where there's a lot of doom and gloom around the team after what happened. Obviously, you know, fan base is distraught because of what happened with Seattle. But this always feels like a game where people are like, man, 49ers about to get rolled on or, you know, Jimmy and then Jimmy just is going to like lift everybody right back up, right? Like where everybody's going to be, oh, look at what he did, you know? And this is the exact right recipe, right? The corners are a bit vulnerable. You know, Mike Hilton is not the guy that he used to be. You know, they lost William Jackson. I feel like that's something that they haven't really lost. I mean, Jesse Bates is incredible, though, as a strong as a safety yeah. man. I think that he's like one of the most underrated players on this defense. But at the same time, especially if you can get Debo Samuel back, this does feel like a recipe for success for Jimmy Garoppolo to at least bounce back. And for the way that everybody's kind of counting this team out, you know, I had a lot of harsh things to say about Jimmy Garoppolo after that game. But as for the way that everybody's talking, the way that everybody's just counting this team out, and I feel like they're already just like, man, they're about to get smoked just because of the offensive weapons that Cincinnati has. Doesn't this feel like the moment where Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to play a game that, you know, everybody's going to look around and say, well, here we are again. You know, they're they're over 500, and he played well in this game. It, it just feels like uh, it's just the the inconsistencies, and the only thing that's consistent is that he's inconsistent. So if he had a down game, then boom. You have to assume that this is going to be the game that he gets right back on track. So, yeah, I hear you on that one. Yeah, I think so. Now, he's going to need a little help, right? He's not going to be able to do it on his own. And you have George Kittle out there who had a huge game, nine catches, over 180 yards in the last game against Seattle. Do you think George Kittle, not to that extent, you know, but do you think he has a follow-up game where he is, you know, super involved in the offense? Because, I mean, before last game, I mean, we're talking about against the – who was who, who the 49ers played that last game? Vikings. He had two targets. Vikings. one, Two targets, one catch, and the one catch was on the screen. I feel like that just can't happen. Do, do you think that this game kind of reminded everybody and reminded Kyle Shanahan of why he should put more of an emphasis on prioritizing George Kittle in the offense? Yeah, it, it, the most insane stat, I understand 9-189. That's the first time George Kittle's ever scored two touchdowns in a game. That's incredible to me. And that, that's just something I I honestly would have thought has happened plenty of times, but it never has. And in big moments, players make 
plays and get the ball in the hands of your playmakers, man. And I think that that's exactly what's going to go on, especially when I consider that I don't really think that the 49ers are going to be able to run the ball unless Elijah Mitchell goes out there. If Elijah Mitchell's ready to go and he's rolling, then they'll be able to run the ball. But I feel like, again, this is going to be a game where the 49ers are going to pass the ball to win the game. And, you know, Brandon Ayu didn't have a, a, a great game last week. Let's just put it out there. I mean, dropped the pass on the tunnel screen, blocked his ass off. I understand all that. Was open on some routes. We could nitpick all that. But George Kittle lifted up that offense. And I think that once you see that, it does kind of remind Kyle Shanahan, hey, that guy's pretty good. Maybe we should get that guy the ball a little bit more. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo loves him when it, when he's out there. He's going to target him a ton. Um, I think that that Vikings game was a lot more run-specific. Right, right after, right after the interception, everything kind of just went to the run game. So I don't think that that was necessarily something where they were like, "Oh, well, we're not going to get him involved or anything like that." I think it was just necessary with the game plan and what was going on and what Kyle felt comfortable running. Now, when you get put in a position where you see how that Seattle game's going, you're going to throw a little bit more, and the run game wasn't working as well. So you get George Kittle into space. So yeah, I, I definitely think that George Kittle is going to have a big game because he's going to need to. I mean, if, especially if Debo Samuel doesn't play. But even if Debo Samuel plays, you still have to get George Kittle involved. Make him make him make the defense worry about him. Obviously, we know he he brings in the run defense, but make them worry about both. So start lining them up in those heavy bunches, right? Those those heavy tight end sets and leak Kittle out of there and, and, and get him the ball, right? Like it's like start to show start to show the the, dy- the dynamics that he brings to the team. So yeah, I mean, I think that, that that's a great point. George Kittle at five touchdowns on the year right now. That's the most he's ever had, tied for the most that he's ever had in his in a season in his career. So we'll see. I mean, he has, what, five games left to get over that hump and set a new career high. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball, man. And you look at the 49ers defense, and I think we go straight to the the, the cornerbacks. They got a big-time matchup this weekend. You know, you got T. Higgins. He's coming off of a huge game. You have Jamar Chase, who started off really hot. I believe over the last five games, he hasn't eclipsed 50 yards receiving. So he's kind of cooled down a little bit. Do you think this is a get back on track game for Jamar Chase? I don't actually. I worry much more about T. Higgins. And I'll tell you why, crap. The last three weeks, he has had 10, 11, 12 targets. If he gets 10, 11, 12 targets in this game, regardless of the matchup on the other side, it's not going to end up well. Um, T. Higgins is one of the guys that nobody ever really talks about from that draft class. Just because I feel like he started slowly last year, kind of put it on like later on in the year. And then people were like, oh, yeah. Now this year, and especially this stretch of games, he's been incredible, man. I mean, Joe Burrow's just throwing that thing up to him, and he's getting it jump balls. I mean, he, he I, I feel like he's one of the more slept-on guys. So I don't necessarily worry as much about Chase because there's something that's a little bit off right now. And Burrow's thumb is something that we need to talk about as well, too, man. That thing was gnarly, and it looked it looked horrible, man. Like, he was handing the ball off with the other hand in that game, yeah. if you guys if you guys remember. And, and when he was throwing the ball, he did throw it. He gutted it out. I don't expect Burrow to miss this game, um, you know, at all. But that's something we need to talk about as well. But I definitely worry a little bit more about T. Higgins than I do Chase right now just because of the way Higgins has been playing and the way Chase has been playing. But I want to say something about the cornerbacks, and I'm sure that this is going to get me killed in the comments, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I, I really don't care. I worry less about Dante Johnson than I do Josh Norman in this game. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. Everybody dumps on Dante Johnson. Everybody always wants to make fun of him, all nine lives, everything. But there is no film of him getting baked, 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 baked in coverage. You can't find it. I implore somebody to find that film. You don't like him because he's not sexy, but he's flexible. He can play the nickel. He's solid. The other thing he does, 
He understands his assignments. Fred Warner went to the podium yesterday and said, I'm happy that Dante Johnson's going to be out there because he's a smart player. Josh Norman, we know where he was, but when you're not doing when you're not covering your assignments, you're getting beat, you're holding. You're like, <laughs> did you see the DK Metcalf play? Uh, my KP yes. outlined it. Yeah, all right. So K, the KP outlines it. He throws the ball to uh, DK Metcalf with Josh Norman, overthrows I him. I saw it when it happened. <laughs> right, Josh Norman goes yeah. like this and then points in the camera like, yeah, bro, come on. You know, so when I talk about Dante Johnson, me not worrying about him, Dante Johnson's not going to get caught out of position, right? Maybe he doesn't have the physical gifts to make a play on the ball. Maybe he's not a playmaker in that way, but he's solid enough where he's just going to be in position and he's at least going to do his job. I don't fear for him blowing assignments. That's what I mean when I say that I don't fear as much about Dante Johnson than I do Josh Norman in this game. Yeah, Dante Johnson, he, he's, he's, he is solid. You know, I think the one time we can really off the top of our head say, like, okay, I remember him getting beat. He did give up. He gave up the a Eagles couple touchdown. catches against Detroit. One was a touchdown, about four-yard touchdown. Uh, the other one, there was a catch down the sideline. But he also really battled and competed in that game. He broke up, like, two or three other passes. So that is cool to see somebody who is competing at the catch point. I think, I don't want to say my only pushback, but let's say he played for a full game and he gives up that touchdown that was four yards. He gives up that ball down the left sideline, right? I would still take what I've gotten from Josh Norman over that because Josh Norman at the very least punches balls out. Now, again, I know people make fun of it. I know people be like, well, yeah, he gave up that catch, but he punches balls out. Like, I've seen that, right? right? And it's like, no, like, that's a, it's a real thing. He has four, seven fumbles. Like, that's that's a lot. Like, that's, you know what I'm saying? Like, he is impacting the game. So, I, I hear you in the sense of you're less worried about Dante Johnson in coverage, as, I, as am I. I am less worried about Dante Johnson in, in coverage. I do think that Norman is more of a liability than Dante Johnson. In theory, if I just say, hey, I want to start one guy, I will go with Dante Johnson. And, and right now, listen, we're talking about the bottom of the roster cornerbacks. Right. We're talking about guys right. who you typically don't want to have out there. But if of I course. choose between the two, I would say that. But the one thing that I, I, I will continue to harp on, when you have a guy that potentially punches balls out and gives your team the opportunity to get the ball back. That that's so that's so big. Yeah. That's so big. Because let's say Lenore, right? Lenore gave up a touchdown, right? Gave up two touchdowns. Well, what if on that drive they threw the ball at Norman, he gives up the catch, he punches the ball out, you recover it. Now that limits the other guy getting beat for two touchdowns. You see what I'm saying? So just the impact and the domino effect of somebody that's able to force a turnover, I get it. Giving up catches, whatever. Y'all know my y'all know my what I've been saying. Guys are gonna give up catches regardless. Guys are gonna give up touchdowns regardless. Matter of fact, 49ers actually give up the least amount of passing touchdowns in the league. They're top five or top three in the least amount of passing touchdowns. 49ers are actually in the top of the league in a lot of categories. They're uh number five in passing yards against them. Uh yards per attempt against them is extremely low. They're like top five in that. Like their coverage, their coverage stats aren't bad. They're actually pretty solid. Like, they're top five. It could be a lot worse. So when I look at Norman, I'm willing to give and take a weird 
like Norman, you didn't really do anything, but you did the whole like, don't throw at me, whatever. Let him have his moment. You know what I'm saying? But if at some point he's going to potentially affect the game by punching a ball out, then it's whatever. Are things going to happen where he gets beat? Yeah, like you look at the 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 past two to uh, Tyler Lockett. One, Tyler Lockett scores touchdowns. That's what he does. Tyler Lockett's hella good. He's he's one of the more underrated receivers in the NFL. Tyler Lockett has more good games than he has bad games. If Russell Wilson, who, when he's on, he's really good, throws a perfect pass to Tyler Lockett and you get beat by him, I, I can I can tip, tip my cap because I know those, those guys are good too. And Josh Norman, at some point, somebody's going to get beat on the 49ers for a touchdown. Obviously, you don't want it to happen, but I will continue to harp on this, guys. You guys will continue to hear me say this. I think it can be a lot worse. It can be a lot worse. Real quick, let me get to this contribution. Got my guy, Ken. Kent says, a couple of my favorite guys talking about the 49ers. Do you think if Jimmy is falling flat in the first half, do we see Trey at all the second half spark? My thing is, and I've kind of held strong on this. I, I think if Jimmy just fought, like if it's really bad, say he comes out, he throws multiple interceptions, not moving the ball, then yeah, I, I definitely think you'll see a change in the second half. I don't want to see that. If Jimmy's struggling, all right, we just got to live with that because I don't want to play Trey Lance in a game that he wasn't prepared for. He didn't have those snaps. He wasn't prepared for as a starter. There's no plan for him. You want him to come in and look all erratic? I don't want to see that. So if Jimmy is doing some weird stuff, I hey, thug it out, play through it, and we'll see what happens. And then if we need to move on, okay, we'll move on to Trey Lance in the next game against the Atlanta Falcons at home. Uh, that's just my opinion. But what, what are your thoughts on that? No, I hear you on that. And I would hate for Trey to go out there in a the game, like you said, that's unprepared because that just adds more fuel to the people that are like, oh, look, he ain't ready. He ain't ready. No, it's not that. It's it's You literally spent all week installing a game plan for one quarterback, and the kid is not getting reps. And then you're going to throw him into the fire and then expect him to just immediately lift things up? Like, that's not fair. And And that's kind of what I've been telling people about. When it is Trey's time next year, expectations need to be set accordingly. It can't just be, well, you sat for a year, hit the ground running, kid, and if he has a bad game, oh, look, the kid's a bust. No, and I think that people are prematurely using that Seattle game, that one Arizona game, to to grade a kid that hasn't even seen the field, man. Like, I, I just, I, I I hear you on that, and I would hate to see him come into a game like this because the, the Trey isn't ready crowd is going to take that, and they're just going to run with it and be annoying with it. Right, hella annoying. And I will yeah. say, this the, the Cardinals game that everybody references to as why he shouldn't play because that game, whatever, even though he, I don't know, drove the 49ers offense into Arizona territory eight out of ten times, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan elected to not kick multiple field goals, and also they got stopped on the one-inch line. Like, he was a few plays away from putting up 20 points and not just 10, all right, and maybe even more than that, actually. For sure. But, um, yeah. I don't want to see him come in in the middle of a game. I want to see him in a game that's prepared for him. This is something here. Josh Norman isn't going to change. He's always been an in-your-face cornerback. Right. Listen, y'all hear me talk shit on here all the time. I talk shit to my wife. I hey, This morning, I tweeted out a video of me, like, you know, jump roping, doing the whole Kim. You know Kim, the uh, photographer for the 49ers? I, yeah. For I, I was unprovoked. There was no reason to do it. But I put out a video and told her I want to battle. I want to battle her in the jump roping contest. She's she's big time in the jump rope. Like sometimes, like guys that just talk shit, like they just they're they're gonna do it. Like I'm one of those. 
Norman's one of those. He's always going to say something. He might have even, and you never know. Like, yeah, you got me that time. You ain't going to get me next time. Like, you never know what he said. Like, guys that just talk, they talk. Now, for people that don't understand it, that might be really annoying. Or if you feel like he's not good enough to talk, that's on you. But he would tell you, I've made like $100 million in my career. Who are you from your couch to tell me that I can't have fun and talk and get hyped up the way that I do? So that's how, I, and again, I don't know, I don't, but just kind of seeing how he has been over the years. He has always been like that. And yeah, and I, I got a I glimpse like of it. I like it. I, yeah, I, I, I know, like that. I know you do because I got a glimpse of it when we went to Philly, man. <laughs> we're, we're, we're at the game and Crotch's crotches, like that's just his nature, right? Like nine to score. Let's go. And he's up yelling at, at Eagles fans. Like that's just that's just, you know, and and whatever. I'm not gonna talk, I'm not gonna talk bad about that, right? And I think the point that I was trying to make about Norman is is if he's not, if he doesn't force a fumble. If he doesn't, right? Like he doesn't punch it out, then, then what do you get? Then you right? get what? Then you get Lenore. Yeah. Okay. But at least I'm happy with Lenore getting reps. You know, like he's learning. But you know, at the same time, it's just like if Norman isn't punching the ball out. Like I understand the whole opportunistic thing, and I get that, right? Because those are game changers, and he's the only guy who seems to be doing that. But in that Seattle game, he didn't have a forced fumble, and if that doesn't happen again this week. Then you started the 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 trade off isn't working anymore, right? But I mean that's that's just the it's live by that and die by that kind of with Norman right now at this point. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, let's talk about you know and we talked a little bit about the receivers. That's how we got on kind of the whole thing with the cornerbacks and one of the strengths of the Cincinnati Bengals is really throwing the vertical ball. Now what teams have been doing and we'll see if the 49ers do this. At some point you have to go to a single high, right? There were some people I heard some podcasts I saw some people talking like why. Do you leave Josh Norman one-on-one with DK Metcalf? Listen, he's in a bail. Shouldn't let a guy get on top of you. At some point, you got to go to a single high. Like, at some point. You can't just stay in too high all game long. When it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals, and we'll see how much the 49ers go to a single high, but if I were guarding Jamar Chase, and I think talking to the Bengals guys, locked on 49ers, locked on Bengals crossover, go listen to that. Locked on 49ers. Uh, any streaming site that you use to listen to podcasts. But... If I were, if I were defending Jamar Chase and kind of what's been going on, it sounds like people have been going more to a bracket coverage, just too high. And one thing about Jamar Chase and how he won early on, he will run by you, and he is a terrific vertical threat. He's he's a great vertical threat, Jamar Chase is. But I all I've always felt like on intermediate routes. He kind of struggled a little bit to get uh, create separation, and those are more contested catches. If you can kind of limit the deep shot, how effective is he throughout the game? And as we've seen with his production over the last five weeks, it can take a hit if you take that. You know, like is there a changeup? Is there another way that he can win? I think that's what they're going to have to figure out throughout this game. But that that's going to be one of the keys to me with the 49ers. Do you play more too high? to limit the big shots? Because even then, I mean, we're talking about Jamar Chase, but we just talked about how T. Higgins, he went crazy last week. He's actually has like back-to-back, you know, 100-plus-yard games where he's catching, you know, jump balls and, and fades and sidelines and and all these different things, the huge catch radius. I think that's something that can uh, worry the 49ers a little bit. Uh, real quick, my guy Lloyd and Laura, here we go. Uh, can Trey run the same offense as Jimmy? RG3 complained that the Shanahan's wouldn't let him run a traditional offense. If if I had to guess, 
why Kyle doesn't necessarily want to just throw Trey Lance in there or why there's been so much, uh, you know, hesitance to put him in there or whatever. It's because he wants to, he wants to groom him for more of that offense and use the running stuff as just an added weapon. Like, I, I don't think what Kyle did in most of the Arizona game is how he wants to play. Now, I just saw my guy Javier post this, and, I, and I'll bring this up, but my guy Javi, he posted a video this morning. He posted a few clips of Trey Lance, right? And uh, we'll go to this one here. Let's see. Let me share my screen real quick. And when you look at this, this clip, you'll see it's what I think Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Matter of fact, I was, I was really kind of shocked he did this with where he did it. But he put the ball in the kid's hands, and oh, you guys can see this. Hope it's clear. I mean, this is essentially the Jimmy Garoppolo offense. You got eye formation, play action, comes in in rhythm. It's a tight end, right in the in 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 the rhythm. Accurate pass. We'll see it from the back end. All right, same thing. Here we go. Sends a guy in motion, under center. All right, play action. Sets his feet, all his cleats in the ground, throws an accurate pass on the money with pace, then throw a rocket on a thousand miles an hour. So he has it. And I do think that Kyle Shanahan wants to continue to develop and build that type of offense for Trey Lance. So the the RG3 thing, I, I don't know. Maybe RG3 wasn't as I'm just kidding. Open or trying to sell his book, which I will buy and read. I, I am reading but that too. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that eventually that's what it's going to get to. And I was going to say all, pretty much all those things that you said. It's just right now, he doesn't feel confident that he can operate this offense in the way that, you know, efficiency, timing, rhythm. That's all it is with Jimmy, right? It's all timing, rhythm, and he wants to get that ball out quickly. And so the, the first read, you know, and he doesn't, that's the problem, right? And I think that that's, in the same way, we've talked about it. Trey's actually a lot, a lot further along in the way that he goes through progressions in the short time that I've seen him, including preseason, than you would think for a kid who hasn't played in a year, right? I keep talking about that Chargers play. You talk about it, right? Where he holds the safety and then boom, he he gets right back to Travis Benjamin and gets that ball right into him. You know, even even in that Kansas City game, he rolls out. He sees the he sees the over and, and he sees Trent Sherfield going that way and he lets it rip. He he's further along in being able to process than I think that people understand. And I think that that's the part where, yeah, here it is right here. Like you'll literally watch Trey hold the safety, right? Move the safety over with his because look at his helmet. His helmet's looking there. Look, the linebacker moves over. Okay. And when by the time he knows when the route is, and look, and he turns and look at that window. He's got a huge window to throw that in. That's not a small window. And you let that thing rip, and boom, it's a touchdown. That's a beautiful thing, man. I mean, that's something that you rarely see where it's like that's playing mind games with the defense. Like, left, then boom, let the thing go, and, and it's on target, man. And I think that – I just think that Kyle Shanahan obviously believes that he can't do it consistently. And I won't say that he can't run the offense. I would just say that that he isn't tailored right now to do it. That's the best way I could put it. Yeah. Boom. That looks beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So that's when when I see things like that, it's just okay. I, I see where where it's all headed, you know, and and that's what gives me optimism with Trey Lance that everything is heading in the right direction. But now, like Kyle Shanahan said, a lot of it's just he needs those live reps. How does he get the live reps <laughs> without playing in the game? I don't know. 
Uh, I did listen to Trey uh, to Steve Young, and Javi posted this as well. With Steve, Steve Young angry, talking man. about, you know, Steve Young talking about getting the reps, and uh, you know, when you're not playing, he felt like him sitting. He was like maybe one year, okay, whatever. But he feels like all the years that he sat behind Joe Montana was like wasted years. Yeah, you know, he, he said, thinks those are like. He yeah, he said basically that you know he 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 learned he learned from sitting, but he still felt like those were lost years, and. Yeah. Who could argue with that? I mean, are you going to tell Steve Young that he's wrong about that? Right? If someone else gave that opinion, you probably would, you know, say, ah, what do you know? Steve Young, somebody that you really can't argue when it comes to that. I don't know, man. That was a good point. <laughs> All right. So, um, real quick, let's get into, you know, just some more of the Bengals defense that the 49ers are going up against. And I was, you know, I'm joined by my guy, Jason Aponte from the Sprint Right Option Podcast. Make sure you guys tune in to all the things that Jason has going on. Follow him on Twitter, social media, all that good stuff. Matter of fact, I'll post the names so you can see exactly where to find him on social media. Once I find the names, boom, there we go. So you can follow Jason right there, Jason Aponte2103. Uh, it looks like the 49ers have Fred Warner back. You know, uh, Fred Warner, you got Aziz. What, how are you feeling about that tandem? Right now, it's looking promising. And I'm not sure if Drake Greenlaw ever gets his spot back. I mean, when I floated that out there a few weeks ago, people were like, bah, 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 bah. bro, it's it's clear. <laughs> what, like, wait, what, do you... what do people do? What they do? Blah, 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 blah. 2019, remember, <laughs> blah, blah. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Grow up, man. Like, it's right there in front of you. And I'm. it shouldn't have taken that Seattle game for you to understand. It really shouldn't have because he had been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks. He fits his run gaps. He He's downhill. He's getting smarter in coverages. That interception that he had against the, the Vikings, that's when I really was like, okay, now he's putting it together. He's identifying, the, he's identifying the routes. He's reading the quarterback. He's cutting the route underneath and making a play on the ball. The one thing that you could say that Greenlaw did better was man coverage. What if he's starting to evolve into that now? I don't see a, I don't see a way that Drake Greenlaw gets his spot back at this point. I really don't. Um, just because how do you take Aziz Ashair off the field? But again, when I said that a few weeks ago, people were coming from my head. Even though I had plenty of film examples of of Greenlaw missing his run stuff, going in the wrong gap, but he had a pick six against Detroit. The ball fell right into his hands. Literally didn't have to do anything. Ball fell right into his hands. I don't want to talk about the injury because that's something you can't control. And I hate the whole you can't lose your your job off an of injury. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And you are. You are right now, unfortunately. That's what it is. Do you have any concerns with the 49ers defensive line going up against uh the Cincinnati offensive line? No. Uh just because honestly, man, DJ Jones is incredible. And I don't think that I mean, as much as like everybody wants to talk about him, I feel like he's still not being talked about. DJ Jones was flying around in this game. Like he's in the flat causing a fumble on Gerald. Shout out to Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett did everything he could to help the 49ers in this game, man. He turned the ball over three times himself. Like, he was incredible, man, for the 49ers. He definitely tried his best to lose this game for them. So, shout out to him. But DJ Jones, man, Eric Armstead had a great game. Nick Bosa is going to be Nick Bosa. I, I I don't know what more needs to be said about him. And, yeah, I, I just – I think that now, if you have Fred and Aziz there now, maybe there's some more opportunities for Aziz to go – you know, get the quarterback Warner to go get the quarterback a little bit more. You can bring a little bit more because now you feel safer at that second level. So yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't really have concerns in terms of the D line um, when it comes to that. Um, 
Joe Mixon's a little bit banged up in his game too, man. And that's something that he kind of, he left the game, but he came right back in. So I guess he got through it fine. But yeah, like when you start to really peel this game back and you really start to look at where both teams are, I don't think it's as much as a, of a, oh my God, the bang, here come the Bengals. Because you just said, even yeah. though even the Bengals people are like, I don't know about this game. And right now Vegas has the 49ers as, an, as a favorite. Yeah. In Cincinnati. And, and, and the Bengals guys that we talked to on, you know, locked on 49ers, uh, locked on Bengals uh, crossover, they felt like one of them was like, I think the 49ers win this game. I mean, he said it when we first got on, when we weren't live, he said it while we were recording that, you know, he gives the 49ers the edge in this game. So uh, now we have had the Seahawks guy give the 49ers the edge both times. 49ers lost both of those. So, you know, I guess we all, you know, never know. I think right. with the 49ers, th this is the key to, to winning the game for the 49ers. Just don't do anything to really, like, overly hurt yourself. Like, don't shoot yourself five times. You shoot yourself once, like, all right. Don't shoot yourself five times, all right? And I think that's the key to the 49ers. Uh, real quick, what I want to do now is we'll get everybody on, and then we'll get into some uh, fantasy talk a little bit later. So I want to bring everybody on. You guys already know what it is, man. Here's the link right now to be able to come on live and just give you get your thoughts on the game and where you think you know, the 49ers are, you know, what are you excited about seeing heading into the Cincinnati game? Who's going to the Cincinnati Bengals game? I thought about going, but I got, uh, I got, uh, uh, seven on seven pra practice on Sunday. So I actually will be out there coaching for the first 30 minutes of the game. Won't be able to, I still watch it on my phone. Y'all know me. I ain't missing none of the 49ers. <laughs> <games, man. laughs> I'll be coaching like, Hey man, you got your, uh, deep third. <laughs> Yeah. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> I will have it on my phone. Believe that. All right. Here we go. We got our first caller coming on. Appreciate everybody that's in right now. Make sure if you haven't already and you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Uh, Underdog Fantasy. There it is right there. Underdog Fantasy, promo code Crocky. They have all kind of over, unders, bets, and things like that. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Also, Manscaped. This show is powered and sponsored by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com right now. They have the performance pack 4.0. You know what I'm saying? And again, I tell you all the time, don't walk around looking crazy. Go get sexy for your lady. You know what I'm saying? You want to set the mood right. You know what I'm saying? Get trim everything right. You know what I'm saying? And then go out there, light the candles, all that good stuff. You know, if you're like me, I can't have babies anymore. I got a vasectomy. But you trying to have any more kids? I'm telling you, that's the recipe. Go get Manscaped. It's going to make you turn into a little porno star. You know, what they call it, the little amateur porn. Go ahead, amateur porn going down. Promo code Crocky, manscaped.com. Go do that right now. You can thank me later. All right, but here we go. Got the first caller coming on. My guy, Dion. Dion, what's good with you, man? How, how, I want to ask you, what are you optimistic about with the 49ers offense heading into Cincinnati? Uh, the main thing I'm optimistic about is the run game. I think we get back on track. I don't know who this kid Brian Hill is, but if there's one thing that Shanahan's offenses can do, it's definitely, you know, they, they can take any running back and make them look good. So I'm very optimistic about that. Um, morning to you, Jason. Um, hey, man, I'm going to tell you this real quick, Jason. I always tell people this because I heard it from you first and I consistently will stick with that. When Lance hits the field, what happens to Kyle Shanahan? Clock starts ticking. I tell everybody all the time, like I heard that from Jason Aponte first. 
he always says that when he put him on the field, he know you can't have no more excuses. You got to say, look, man, this is your guy. You do what you're supposed to do. As far as the people uh, kind of clamoring for Trey Lance, you got to stop, man. Jimmy is not going anywhere. And it's not that I don't want to see Trey Lance, but it's just, it is what it is. We there's know Jimmy's going to go out. So, yeah. there's only, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not like, going to happen. Okay. It's math now at this point. I mean, the 49ers it's, are not going to be math eliminated. Now. Like, something, it would have to be drastic. Like, I do feel like if the 49ers lose this game, and it looks like it's because Jimmy Grapple, if Jimmy Grapple has a repeat of the, the Seattle performance, which I don't see that coming. I actually came on and I thought, hey, 49ers, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a really good performance. I think this, this is going to be a bounce back game. He's going to do yep. well. He's going to score points. He's going to look sharp. He's going to throw touchdowns. I think Jimmy's going to do awesome. But if something crazy happened and he has a repeat performance of what happened in Seattle, he will not be starting next week. I'm willing to bet anybody in here that was a bet. If Jimmy Garoppolo throws two interceptions and the 49ers lose, he won't be starting. We could put money. Whoever wants to bet, I'll put money on that. Uh, you know what, Crack? I, you know what? We're going to talk on the side. I'll take that bet. Because Kyle is stubborn as hell, and he don't want to put Trey in. He continues to say that Trey isn't ready. When you sat up there and said that this young man had the playbook down before training camp was over. So if you got a playbook down mentally before training camp is over, then that means to me that all you need is the live reps to be able to execute and understand the offense. You'll start to get a feel for things with repetition. That's me. I, I learn like that. I learn by repetition. I don't learn by reading books. You could you could give me a book. I could read that thing from front to back. Until I actually do it, I don't know what I'm doing. Perfect example. Went to mechanic school. Guy took all his tests. He aced him. He went out there. He couldn't turn a wrench to save his damn life. But I knew how to turn a wrench. So what did I do? You help me with these books, I'm going to make sure you don't take oil baths. And it worked out. So it's just repetition. But, you know, the only other thing I will say is people stop. Don't go with the narrative of Jimmy's going to be here next year. He's not. They just trying to boost that man's trade value to get him up out of here. That's all they're doing. And I, I really believe that. There ain't nothing else that's going on. And that that's that's all they're doing. They're trying to make sure they can get more for him because we have a trash quarterback class coming out of college. And basically, he's going to be the hottest thing on the market. They know he's going up for trade. And he does, too. I just wish he would care more because I don't like the, the giggling, the joking, and the smiling after games. And, you know, when people are asking you questions about stuff that you screwed up, you're just cool about it like it's nothing. I get that you have to, like, flush it out of your brain really quick, but, man, you screwed up. You got to take accountability for that. Trey was pissed when he lost that game against Arizona. He was not happy. You didn't see no smiles. You didn't see nothing out of him like that. So you kind of want that for your quarterback. But in this game, man, I believe the run game gets back on track. And honestly, I don't, I, I don't want Debo back right now. I want him to wait another week. I don't want him to re-aggravate that injury because he's done that before where he just took a week off, came back, and then re-aggravated, and he was gone longer. So I think you can win this game with Jawan Jennings, Trent Sherfield, and Brandon Ayuk and just continue to reincorporate Kittle, man. Make him the monster that we saw last game. He's been absent all year because you've had him blocking 90% of the time. But I think we win this game, and – you know, at the same time, we got to hurt Joe Burrow. If your thumb can't grip that, that ball properly, it's not going to spin the way it normally does. You're not going to put it out the way you used to. So, 
you know, that, that that's that's yeah. definitely one thing to keep a close eye on. All right, man. I'm gonna bring the next caller on, man. Dion, I appreciate you All coming right. on. Peace. Have a good day. All right, Dion. All right, my guy Dion. One thing I want to address, I, I'm seeing it throughout the comments. One, I want to I want to harp on the fact that I said there's only so many games Jimmy Garoppolo started. I understand that. Also said that I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo will have a really good game against Cincinnati. But if he has a repeat performance like he did last week, we, we, I keep saying, well, Trey Lance isn't ready. Trey Lance isn't ready. Jimmy Garoppolo clearly isn't ready either. <laughs> if, if he has a repeat performance, I don't expect that. I don't think he will. But that's that's my thoughts. You see him throw multiple interceptions and the 49ers lose again, then I'm willing to bet. Now, listen, y'all can say, well, this and that, this and that. Okay, well, just put your money up. My money's good, too. <laughs> just put your money up there. I'm willing to bet that. No, I hear you, man. I mean, yeah. I think he, I think Kyle he said he's fall. not ready. He he Kyle said he needs the reps in game to get ready. That's what Kyle said. Now, Kyle is Kyle willing to do that right now? Maybe not, but I'm telling you, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he has a weird game, I don't expect it. But if he does, I'm willing to bet any of y'all money in here that you'll see Trey Lance start the next game if Jimmy has a two interception game and the 49ers lose. Money. Yeah, good. It, it would have to be a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo completely implodes or falls flat on his face type thing, right? Like, even if they lose this game, but Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn the ball over or anything like that, then I don't think that you'll see the switch then, to trade. Then, like then Jimmy will be... If Jimmy has a game like the Cardinals game, where the 49ers yeah. lost, and it was like, well, Jimmy played well, you will not see Trey Lance. Won't right. see him. Won't right. see him. Right. But if he has a repeat performance of last week, which was ugly to his standard, missed pass, missed throw to... Uh, use check. his name? Um, uh, use check. Right, where it's like you got him wide open. How do you miss that? Overthrowing passes, missing this guy, missing that. Let him have another report. And and that would be five interceptions thrown in, in, in three games. Mm -hmm. Let let him have a game like that. I I will bet money good. Here we go, real quick. Uh Jimmy's about to throw two in the INTs and a fumble. I don't, I don't think wanna, so. I think Jimmy's I don't want to manifest out. that and I don't want to wish that right. either. I think I think Jimmy's gonna come out. I think he's gonna be sharp. Uh I think he's going to play well. I think the 49ers are going to win this game. I predict that they will win this game. And not just because, you know, cover the 49ers, 49ers fan, but I think I like this matchup for the 49ers. I think they'll do well. Just limit the deep ball from the outside guys, play more too high shell, and I think the 49ers will be fine. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, throws two interceptions and has a fumble. Don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I want to make that clear. Because it seems like, it, it, do you have this issue too with people, it's like, with most people on on that follow you or in the comments and the mentions, they think that everything is black and white. They think that it's like this and then this. Like there's like no in-between with the mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance situation. Do you get mm -hmm. a lot of that? No, I mean, I think that uh, it is it is nuanced, right? And it has to be a little bit contextualized when you talk about the performance. Losses won't necessarily put Trey on the field. I think it's Jimmy's performance in those losses is what's going to put him on the field, right? right. And and I think that it would. It, it, there's only five games left. It's math, guys. Unless you completely believe that the 49ers are about to lose the next three, four games in a row, you're not going to see Trey Lance unless 
Jimmy Garoppolo completely implodes. I think that's the, the gray area. There's no black and white there. That's the gray area, right? And it's I about don't foresee that, that happening. I don't right. think that Jimmy will implode. I don't think he'll have another a game like he had last week where he missed multiple throws and threw multiple interceptions and I mean scored zero points. I, I don't I don't think he'll have zero points in the second half. I don't think yeah. Jimmy will have that type of game. I just don't right. see it. Right. Real quick, let's get the next guy on. My guy Jawan Tart. Mr. Tart, how you doing, man? Good, brother. What's good, Jason? What's up, man? Channel, man. What's your thoughts, Tart? I want to know what, what are your thoughts on you know, we talk about the 49ers and their secondary. There's been a lot of conversation about Josh Norman, Dante Johnson. When you when you hear those guys potentially starting against Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I'm not even I'm I'm not too bad. I'm not I'm not I don't think it's a bad situation based off we we do have a nice pass rush. Nick Bosa gonna get there, put pressure on the quarterback. And I think when you got pressure on the quarterback, you can you can you don't wanna have lackluster cornerback play, but you can deal with a few mistakes when you got somebody breathing down your neck, like Nick Bosa. So he cover up for a lot of our coverage lacks to yeah. say say much. I don't think that's our I don't think cornerback is the, the problem. I don't I think we have good depth compared to other teams. Compared to other teams, I think the depth is pretty good. Like you said, we down our two starter two we down two starters and we still competing and we still got good numbers. We lost Verrett week one. And we still we st we competing on the outside. That's that's big time. What's one of your? How do you think this game will will go? Like, if you just had to lay out how you think it's gonna go from start to finish, what do you think is gonna happen? What what's how is that movie playing out in your head? It's tricky, man, because you're dealing with Joe Barrow with that with that with that finger. But yeah. if it wasn't for that finger, I, I I do think it's gonna be high scoring. I would I would say that I I think they're gonna score. I think both teams are gonna score on. Because both teams got the offense on both teams is pretty. They're nice. You got all the weapons over in Cincinnati, and 49ers got a lot of weapons too. So if Joe Burrow could throw the ball, they're gonna put up points, man. They're gonna put up points. So we we are as well. Win that turnover battle. I, I, we'll win one possession. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't, I don't think we'll blow them out, especially not in Cincy. That, I don't know what the weather gonna be like, but. I see us winning one one possession, probably ten, maybe ten, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. If 49ers won, uh, tw let's say twenty seven seventeen. I wouldn't be at all surprised or shocked. Yeah, yeah. I got a question for you. Uh, I I play I play line. I play every position except for the corners, the receivers, all that. How do, in the off season, how do corners work on zone coverage? NFL, I know college, college, we line up, we go play seven on seven, and, and that's how we, that's how the corners used to work. But more in the NFL, I don't see those guys doing too much of seven on seven. You, are you talking about like, in like actual, like, like, like OTAs and stuff? Or are you talking about like, on their own, on away their own. from, yeah. Uh, you have some guys. Okay, shout out to my 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 guy Oliver Davis. He does a tremendous job of working with cornerbacks down there in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a ton of NFL guys, college guys, 
I mean, D1 guys, you know, J.C. Horn. I mean, it's a ton of dudes down there. It's like a cornerback factory there. Mm -hmm. He works on those things, okay. on uh, concepts, things like that. He'll have he'll have some NFL receivers out there. They'll do like two on two. They'll do like half field. Okay. And he'll have cornerbacks, you know, playing different, you know, reads where your eyes should be, uh, you know, passing things off, certain matches and things like that. So he does a lot of it. But I haven't seen many other people work those things with, with corners. He does. Not sure how many other people do that. Because that's what I was thinking. Like, how do how these young boys gonna really develop? Like Ambry Thomas and Diomedo Lamar and Lenore. How they gonna how they gonna? De it's hard to develop a corner. Is the hardest position outside of quarterback. Corner is tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. Not facts. But, man, Mr. Tart, man, I appreciate you coming on. Yes, I'm going to get the next call on. All right. All right. Here we go. Got my dog, Sersky, coming on. Real quick, for if you guys haven't already, you know, 215 of y'all in here, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Here we go. You know, helps with all the algorithms and everything. Here we go. Got my dog, Sersky. Sersky, what's good with you, man? What's up, Prog? What's going on, man? What's up, Jason? What's up, brother? Man, chilling, man. All right. Hey man, I just got I got two questions. Uh do you think all along this season, San Francisco 49ers decided to keep Jimmy Garoppolo as as a straight up advertisement for other teams just to uh you know just to get something back uh for Jimmy? I don't no. know if yeah, and I'll and I'll say no to that too, and here's why. Um in, in theory, that feels good, right? And that seems good. But I'll tell you this. I, don't discount the pressure of making the playoffs this year for Kyle Shanahan because of how long he's been here. And him understanding two things. One, obviously I say it all the time, his clock starts as soon as Trey Lance starts. But yeah. this is a results-based business. And I think that he was feeling the pressure of being able to get to the playoffs and have another successful season because he hears all the talk about, well – you're labeled this genius. You've only had one year, you know, blah, blah, blah. He felt that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to give him the best chance to have a winning season. And I felt like a, it would be detrimental to his psyche and the way that he's viewed for him to have another losing season. So I think that that's a little bit more than that. And if you do have a winning season, then you've done exactly what you said. You've boosted his trade value as well. But I don't think that it was for the sake of just that. I think a lot of what is going on is Kyle Shanahan knows that he needs to have a winning season this year to quiet things down, not only outside the organization, but within the organization. Okay. Okay. I, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, appreciate that, man. And, uh, no, and number two, if Seattle becomes the next team this week to shut down the running game because we're kind of like banged up in the running back department, if, if Cincinnati becomes the second team this week to shut down the run game. Are you concerned again that Jimmy Garoppolo may have a repeat? Because we all know that the running game is Jimmy Garoppolo's best friend. Because if the running game is not working, you know Jimmy Garoppolo, he's he's, he's that guy that's gonna get beat up. Like if the running game is not walking with him in the hallway in high school, he's gonna get picked on and, and bullied and get beat up. So if if uh so if that happens to happen, I mean do I mean do we all trust that Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna just do better than he did last week with the running game being shut down. 
Well, I, I, I've seen different scenarios where Jimmy Garoppolo has played well without a run game. I think ideally kind of just understanding the more he throws, the more he can kind of get into some trouble. So, you know, before the game, I'm pretty sure you're thinking like, man, we don't want him to have to get in a shootout with anyone. But I have seen games where Jimmy Garoppolo, the run game wasn't necessarily working extremely well. Uh, they didn't run the ball 40 times like they did during a three-game win streak. But Jimmy was still able to, you know, pull off a victory because, you know, he played well. So, and that's kind of what I'm expecting this week. You know, I don't expect everything to go perfect for the 49ers, but, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo definitely has those games, uh, you know, a few times a year where the run game isn't as great, but he's able to, you know, really be efficient. And that is one thing that he brings, you know, you, you he understands typically, you know, where to go with the ball. He understands his strengths, his weaknesses. And more times than not, I think he's does a really good job of being efficient within that. So, you know, I, I don't – obviously it's not ideal to not be able to run the ball when Jimmy's your quarterback, but we have seen scenarios when it, it still works out for you. Yeah, and another thing too with the Seattle game, it was a combination of a few things. One, obviously Jimmy not having a good game, and two, it being a divisional game, and three, being Seattle. Almost everything that could go wrong would go wrong, and we thought that the entire game. I don't suspect that's something that's going to happen in Cincinnati. That's just how those Seattle games go. So – Label me the optimist, even though I laid into him after the post game, kind of went off the rails a little bit, threw my back out yelling. But uh, but you know, uh, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I think that I I can't I can't really foresee the same thing happening. And um, there has been times when he gets into a rhythm and he's not you know pressed into doing things. You want to keep him in that twenty five to thirty attempts range. You never want to go into that because that's when you you start to increase the likelihood of those as Andrew Pasquini calls them, oh, no, no throws. You want to limit those. But there has been instances, like Croc said, where he's been forced to throw and he's been good. So, I mean, I think that as long as he's good and things are rolling the right way and he doesn't really get pushed into long down and distance and things like that and they're ahead of the sticks, I I, I don't fear as much um, just because it is Cincinnati. And I think that Seattle game was just kind of weird in that way. I would like to see him lift over Seattle, right? Like get over that hump. But Cincinnati isn't Seattle. That's not the environment. That's not a divisional game. So things are going to be a little bit different this week. All right. I respect that. Well, hey, hey y'all, appreciate, appreciate y'all having me on, man. I love y'all podcast. Yours, Croc. I love your podcast, man. Frontline Sports, Jason Aponte, Sprint Right Option podcast. I love appreciate it. Appreciate you, bro. I, I'm subscribed to both. So y'all keep bringing that heat, man. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate yeah, you, man. Thanks, man. All right, here we go. We got a question here. Uh, and I think this is directed towards you. It says, how is six and six with Jimmy show the need to win now? Well, I mean, obviously, if you ask Kyle Shanahan, this is a hindsight answer right here. If you ask Kyle Shanahan before the season, you know, after 12, at 12, or if you told him, if someone came to him with a crystal ball and said, the 49ers is going to be six and six after 12 games, he would probably say, all right, I'm probably just going to roll with the rook. Things unfold the way they unfold. That's yeah. a hindsight. That's not a hindsight question right there, man. Like, there's no way to predict the future. That's how he felt, right? If he miscalculated right. or mismanaged that, that's something different. But and I and I felt. I think that's how we all felt, yeah. right? Like, you know, you start Jimmy Garoppolo like that is going to give you the best chance because you know his track record has shown like when you have Jimmy Garoppolo at starting starting at quarterback, you win more games than you lose, and it's kind of a lot more, right? Now I know there's some stats out there. Over Jimmy's like last sixteen, yeah, it's not like great. He's seventy nine. Just 
but you know, that's kind of like shrinking the sample size. If you open that sample size up throughout his tenure with the 49ers, he has won a lot more games than, than he has lost. And I think Kyle Shanahan and as well as fans look at that as somebody that they definitely can win with, uh, you know, just and- unfortunately this year for different reasons, not all his fault, you know, the, the ball just hasn't bounced their way uh, enough or at least enough to what you ideally need when you have Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. And don't discount the locker room. How many of those guys are there because, you know, they thought that they were going to be competing for whatever they thought they were going to be competing for at the beginning of the season. And, and they still are. They are the 70, like the 49ers still, as it pertains today, like if you look at the playoff uh, standings, 49ers are a playoff team. So whatever yeah. they were fighting for, they, that's still the goal in mind right now. Right. And that's still right. when when they go to practice, like it's not one of those times where, you know, really what last year, where it's like, you know, a few weeks in, you know, like this shit is ugly. Right. Like right now it is weird, but I I can promise you everybody's dialed in, everybody's focused in, uh, or at least they should be on let's let's just get more consistent, like let's get this right. Because once you get into the dance, yeah, anything can happen. That's it. And that's all you can ask for. And I think that when you look at the locker room, a lot of those guys that have been here through multiple regimes, the first and only taste of success that they've ever had is with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, Jason, what's what's your deal with Quinlan? Nothing. I just, a lot of people yelled at me when I said that, you know, you shouldn't just hand the, the, the the starting job back to Dre Greenlaw. And I had facts, film, stats, everything to back up my Aziz Al Shair take. And right now, the coaches clearly agree, right? I mean, Greenlaw Greenlaw came back and he didn't take Aziz Alshire off the field. They figured out a way to get them both on the field. I think that's a testament to Aziz. I have no I have nothing against Drake Greenlaw. But when people yell at me and tell me, oh, because he stopped them on C- in Seattle, that he needs to get his job back. We're in 2021. 2019 was two years ago. Um, the guy's just playing better. That's it. The best guy should play. That's it. And I have no I have nothing against him. It's a good problem to have for the 49ers, two reasons. One, you have depth because you know that Dre Greenlaw can play. Dre Greenlaw is not a bum. He's not a scrub. Um, or two, you could move Dre Greenlaw and recoup a, a draft pick because there's still people out there who believe that he is worth probably a second-round pick, third-round pick, and either either strategy would work. So there's nothing against him. Yeah. My guy Chris, and he's been looking to the numbers the last couple days, and he says if the Bengals D-line – is as good as the numbers say they are, a lot of pressure will be on Jimmy and the INTs will come. Maybe. But it, I, I was more nervous when I thought the whole like, the whole thing about Trey Hendrickson was going to face Tom Compton. But as long as uh, yeah. as long as Trent's over there, I feel way better about it now. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that was the thing that concerned me the most. Only because that was a concern I had going into Seattle. You did a, a great job of scheming around Tom Compton and making sure that he wasn't in position where he had to pass block because the run game was working. I knew that the Seattle game wasn't going to be the same in that way. And I knew that Carlos Dunlap was going to give him fits, even though Carlos Dunlap only played four snaps against the Washington football team the week before. But when you put him on that island, Tom Compton, against very good pass rushers, Carlos Dunlap is that, even if he's aging, um, it was bound to happen. And it, you know, it happened at the wrong time. But if he doesn't have to face Trey Hendrickson, I feel much better because Trent's that good. Here we go. What's good, Matt? How you doing this morning? What up, good man? What's up, Croc man? What up, Big Jason man? What's up with y'all boys this morning, man? What's up? What's up, Matt? That that logo 
that logo kind of fire, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You already know, man. Packwoods, man. All the time, oh, man. man. I like it. I like it. Heck yeah, so what, man. What, what, what's on your mind? Man, what's on my mind right now is beating these little Cincinnati cats, man. We finna go in there yeah. and, and and put and put these put these paws on them, man. That's what's on my mind, yeah. man. <laughs> Went back and down. Will, okay. You know, I'm already out here in Ohio, man. So I, I hear oh, okay. this shit all the time. I'm out here in Cleveland. They steady always talking smack about the Niners. I'm like, man, last time we played y'all, Baker had to eat dirt, man. Bosa was running, y'all. I mean, they don't want no problems. Yeah, the Cincinnati don't want no problems either, man. What's good with y'all, uh, man? Are you going to the game? Oh, no, I ain't going to the game. I'm out here in Cleveland, man. I ain't about to be out there with all them people out there in the cold. Hell no, I'm going to be in my house where it's warm. <laughs> I, I, you know what, though? I mean, I, as much as we talk, like, and we want to be analytics, and we want to say, well, this concerns me and everything, we kind of need that energy of, like, you know, from the fans, right? Like, you know, it don't matter. We don't care. You you're gonna get the smoke this week. It don't matter. Like I don't care what happened last week. Like I kind of oh, miss that we gonna too. be up there. We deep. It's yeah. a lot of us out here in Ohio. Yeah, I kind of miss that that vibe though. I kind of miss that uh that that feeling, right? Like I, I should start jumping on my podcast and being like, yeah, they don't want no problems. We taking <laughs> these cats out, you know? Like like I like I want to get back to that sort of fan energy, right? Like I I I, I enjoy doing that the the analyst the the analyst you know hat wearing that and everything, but. I miss that, the smack talk. Because there's somebody, I'm from the East Coast, right? I'm in Jersey. I have a good yeah. friend of mine. He's from Jersey. He's a Bengals fan. He's a real Bengals fan. Like, not just this <laughs> year. Like, he's older than me. So he knows Anthony Munoz. Like, he's a real Bengals fan. And I and I haven't talked to him in a few weeks. I know my phone's going to light up on Sunday if things don't go the way for the 49ers, right? So, like, I kind of want to get yeah. back to that that shit talking like uh you know portion of it like like i kind of missed that part of it like the way that you bring in the energy today man Niners, we coming back to ohio man you know how it is we play in ohio we'll play no type of games man i like it man no type of games man but man appreciate appreciate y'all let me come on here and speak my piece man good looking crock man jason man y'all keep up the good work y'all motivate me to get on my shit and you know do what i need to do man so appreciate man y'all do all good yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. All right, take it easy. All right, man. All right, appreciate you coming on. Got my guy, uh, Darius coming on now, man. Darius, good morning. How you doing, bro? Good morning, man. I'm feeling good. How y'all feeling, man? I'm feeling good. I think uh, Ponte's back is feeling better now, so that's that's way better. Way better than like I I hopped out, like you know, the uh. Like the you seen the, the the TikTok of the kid in the in the wheelchair with the with the old grandfather and he hopped out and they started doing the dance to the yeah. to the little the thugger and the little baby song. Yeah, that that that's me this morning. I was able to take my daughter to school, you know what I mean? Hopped out the bed, good. So what's on your mind, Darius? Uh oh. Lost him. Lost him. Okay, here we go. We got him back. Here we go. All right, you there? Um, yeah, man. I'm having a little problems, man. But uh, real quick, real, I just want to say this to the Niner fans. Listen, man. We've been through so much adversity this, this season. Let's not throw in the towel now. You know what I'm saying? That's just one bad loss. We just had three straight before that. And, you know, it's, it's like how the Bible says, man. How do you test gold? You know, you got to put it through the fire. And that's all that's going on, man. And um, like y'all said, when we get to the dance, 
because I still have faith that we get there. I, I don't see us not making it. When we get there, anything could happen, man. You, you never know. He might – Kyle might have a whole plan for Trey Lance in the playoffs. You never know, you know what I'm saying? But we got to get there first. And um, I'm, I'm just – I don't, I don't want to see our fan base giving up so soon, bro, because it's like you look at other fans and they're happy where they're at being in the hunt, you know, Washington and all that. Like, they're optimistic, and we should be the same way. You know, we lost so many players – it's injury after injury after injury, and they're still out there fighting, man. They're giving it their all, and it's like, man, let's not give up because they're not giving up, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's pretty much it, you know. Other than that, I feel like y'all hit everything on the nose today, man, and um, I'm feeling confident about a victory out there. I'm a little – only thing I'm only thing I'm, 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 I'm curious about is, is the cornerback position, but uh, I feel like the rookies going to get out there. They're going to they're gonna get out there and get their experience, and – you know, I like Dante Johnson. He's not like your household name, but uh, he's solid. He's solid enough. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully Josh Norman can get his act together. It's getting harder every week to defend this man, but I ain't going to give up on him. Uh, right. So, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's, my, that's my look on it, man. I think you touched what, on what something. Do you, what, do you, what do you feel? What do you think D'Amico's going to do as far as with, with the corners? I think what he's been doing, I mean, I would run probably a little bit more too high. But here's the tough thing, man, because when you look at the numbers, the, the guys on the outside really haven't been an issue outside of pass interferences. Now, clearly that 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 has – I don't did they have a pass interference call last game? Can't remember. So much happened in that game that, like, I can't yeah. remember off the top uh, of my head. I'm the, not sure. I, that I think block outside in the back, of just pass interferences in general, because the 49ers have a high number of them uh, – you know, outside of that, whatever whatever D'Amico has done to patchwork the secondary and really just defense in general, I think he's done an amazing job. Talking about defense that's really top 10, they do a good job. I mean, we look at last game and it's like, oh man, how, how many points did how many points did Seattle score? 20 uh 30? 31. 31. 30, no, right? 30. Or or yeah, I think so. 30, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, or the 49ers had 23, right? 30, 23 they lost. Yeah, so okay, so they scored 30 points, right? We're talking about one was on a fake punt. That ain't on D'Amico, right? That's one touchdown. You yep. had two interceptions that gave Seattle the ball in scoring right. territory. That's that's tough on D'Amico, Ryan's. And you had a fumble around the 20-yard line setting them up for another scoring position. That's tough on D'Amico, Ryan's. So I think when you got D'Amico and what he's done with this right. defense really throughout this year and how more times than not he's put the 49ers in position to have to, you know, be able to win. I think he's done a tremendous job. So whatever game plan he comes up with this weekend, yes. I, I trust that it it'll be it'll be solid. So that's kind yeah. of just my thoughts on that. He's done a really good job with right. uh, with making do with what he has to work with. You know, not having just you know losing Jason Verrett right away. You know, not being able to have D Ford. You know, you have uh, you know Fred Warner go out the you know not playing the game and you don't lose a step. I think he's done a tremendous job. And I think you touched on Not something sure. that was really important. Hey, real quick, was, Jason. We'll, yeah, man. Got you. And I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, for Christmas, man, we're gonna get a GoFundMe and grab you one of those little the the the, the back thing where you flip upside down. <laughs> I'm grab one for myself. <laughs> hey, if that helps and that works, I mean, I gotta <laughs> do something, man. Like when I went to the doctor, he was like, "Hey, man, uh." You've been working out. You've been doing. He's like, this might be from you not doing much. I'm like, yeah, man. I might just be laying on the couch too much, man. So I, I gotta, you know, I gotta get a little bit more active myself, probably. 
Right, sure, man. Appreciate man. you coming on, Jerry. I want to hear this. You got a whole lot of game, man. Oh yeah. I hear this. Oh yeah. No. So um, uh, I, I, you touched on for sure. For sure. Have a good day. Something that I've been seeing has been kind of bothering me on Twitter and on on some other places. Oh uh, well, I hope they lose out, or I hope Jimmy falls flat on his face so we can see Trey. No, that's not the way to look at this. it. Yeah, and yeah. and or I don't want to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Why would you want to do that? Absolutely not. Two wrong ways to be looking at this. Absolutely. Because obviously when you get into the dance, you don't know what's going to happen. I gave an example yesterday on the show with Brad Grant. Let's say you play the Packers, right? You go into that game, you may be not feeling as good. What happens if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in that game? Jordan Love got to come What in. happens if you just beat him like you've done right. more oh, yeah, times yeah. than not in the playoffs? Right. So like, <laughs> like this whole kick, like, uh, Aaron Rodgers' ass in the playoffs. Right. So like this whole idea of like, well, I don't want to make the playoffs and just get bounced in the first round, or I just want the team to lose just to see Trey Lance. That's a real bad way of looking at things, and I see too much of it. So like, I was what I was piggybacking off of what he was saying was, you know, there's teams that are in the hunt. They're they're excited. The Atlanta Falcons, they have a chance at the playoffs. You know, like their fan base is excited. I understand that. The I think the problem is, is the expectation that was set and what people think 12 and 5, 13 and 4. Those were, no, those were records that were floated out there. Now that you're 6 and 6, the season's lost. Nah, man. You got to play every game the way it is every week. And uh, getting into the dance should be the ultimate goal. Not everybody makes a Super Bowl every year. That's a Tom Brady thing. And that's a Kansas City Chiefs thing. That's not typical. That's not typical. You got to get into the dance. And I just, I've, I've been seeing too much of the whole, I don't care about getting into the first round and losing in the first round. Absolutely not. Nah. Absolutely not. What, what are your thoughts on that, Neil? For me, man, the, the team is just, it's been in a rough spot. Like, I agree with y'all. Like, expectations has been like the biggest piece, right? Like, and we, went, we came into the offseason thinking this is a Super Bowl team or a Super Bowl run. But, I just I can't get past this Trey Lance thing, man. I, I really can't. It's been bothering me like all season. Uh, so I really just want to ask y'all, like, like, like I get the idea of the locker room and everything like that. So do you think it's more of a locker room thing or a Kyle thing for the Trey Lance piece? Both. Where's Jimmy? I think it's both, man. I think again, I keep saying hmm. it, man. Like once Kyle's last excuse that's out there is you've never had your guy. Once you play that guy, then you got you're on the clock to make it work. And also, you could lose a lot of people in that locker room when you sign you sign to Alex Mack. You signed him, and he signed thinking, okay, I'm gonna be here to help anchor a playoff run. And then you turn around in week one, and you say, okay, you're here to help develop the rook. That might not go well with him. You know, that might not go well with a few other vets. And again, you have to always I remember agree. those guys that, that are going to back him because the only success that they've had. So it's a little bit of both, man. It really is. That's the stuff that I think that people are not understanding. The politics, the locker room politics, the way things are going, mm -hmm. perception, trying to beat yeah. all those things. I think that it's a lot of that. And you know what? Kyle's stubborn too. Kyle's going to do things his way one way or another. And that's it. And, and I think that we all need to get, you know, in tune with that. And it's clear. And the one thing that he said all year, all year, that is the only thing that's been consistent. Jimmy's my guy, and you won't see Trey for the, for no reason. You're going to see him when we're mathematically eliminated. I mean, I think that's all you can really take it by, even if I wanted Trey Lance to start hmm. with one, you know? Mm -hmm. 
No, Crack. it makes sense. It makes sense. I I I ran something by uh oh yeah, Crack. Go ahead, my bad. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead. You got it. You said you ran something by what? What happened? Uh, yeah, I ran something by uh by Grant on Twitter the other day because I'm into I'm in the mental health field. That's where I work, so I psychoanalyze like everything, right? So uh, I was thinking like, is there a little bit of RG three PTSD with Kyle? And what I mean by that is that there was a little bit of a plan. Like I mean, yes, it was we're starting Jimmy, we're going, but it kind of seemed we were slowly maybe going to move to the direction of Trey starting maybe at some point, you know? And then the Arizona game happened, and Lance sprains his knee. And after that, we haven't seen him at all, like not even a little bit. And I know the whole thing about the rhythm and everything like that. I wonder if there's a piece of him that's like, you know, that I need to protect him. I need to protect him from himself so I don't have a situation where my rookie star quarterback is blowing out his knee in his first season to a certain that, degree. That could be it, but I will say this too. And, and maybe after, you know, finding out about the, you know, the knee and all that, like, but I think one thing that's really key that a lot of mm-hmm. people are forgetting, a lot of people in the chat, like, oh, we're not going to see Trey Lance and all that. Kyle Shanahan got on that podium and podium and said himself, if Trey Lance did not sprain his knee, sure. he would have been starting against the Colts. Right? He said that. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that there's no scenario where he won't get him in or that he can't. Like, what would be the difference between whatever he thought after the Arizona game and was potentially planning on starting him against the Colts, right? Where he had a bye week and then he was going to play him or whatever. What would be the difference with his game plan then as opposed to now? So I, I don't think there's the PTSD or, or whatever. I think it's just the circumstances. No, yeah, it makes and, sense. Yeah, and that's the thing too is he's rigid, so. but he like evolves. It's weird. Like it's just it, – it, it. the thing is too is with Kyle, when he gets on the podium – he never really has like a stream of thought, right? I remember when I first started podcasting, I would say, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. I would look up to the right while I'm trying to formulate my thoughts. But if you ever listen to Kyle Shanahan, here's a drinking game. If you ever feel like you yep. feel like you want to black out. Every time he says, um, take a shot, um, um, um. you'll be gone by the, the second mm-hmm. sentence. So I think that sometimes he even catches himself when he says things like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. You know, or, or you know, and, and then he has to clarify it later in the week. That's why he's so mm-hmm. angry, because people have picked that line because he feels like he shouldn't have said it. And now he has to answer a question about it two days later. And that's something that I think he needs to work on in terms of speaking to the media. And I don't think that that's something that's really essential for a head coach. But I think that sometimes when he gets angry about having to answer mm-hmm. questions that people pick apart, it's because he has problems saying what he wants to say or not saying certain things at a certain times. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. It, it's, it's just, I, I don't, it just seems like we took a step back, like as far as in his development, you know what I mean? Like as far as we were like kind of slowly moving him, getting him in on a couple plays here or there, letting him run some red zone stuff, a fourth and one or thing like that. And we haven't seen him in a month. Like I get it. He was hurt. Well, it's like, like, the fourth and one against Seattle. Why are the I'm not gonna cut. Why are we uh, uh like not running? Like why are we not putting Trey Lance on the read option? Even if the plan is just to hand it off, just for the threat. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's right. that part just is not adding up to me. I know he tried to explain it, but his answer just didn't hold too much weight to me. Like oh, like it's like a, a critical situation, but you're gonna put him in 
against Green Bay, like it was right before the half ends or things like that. Like there's, he's put him in in difficult situations before. So I don't, I didn't get that piece. Yeah. It's tough for whatever reason, he's like having a a brain fart with the whole situation. Uh, There's just no plan. There's no plan for it. (laughs) I think that's the only way to kind of understand it. Even when he got him in early on, he talked about it in the Lions game. There wasn't a plan to get him in in the Lions game. He just put him in. Mm-hmm. And when we saw it against the Raiders in the preseason, there was no plan to get him in. Like, and that's the crazy thing. And, and that's the part where I have a hard time with, like, all right, Kyle, like, what are we doing? Like, you know, when he comes in in the Lions game, he throws a touchdown. Yeah. But that wasn't even something that you had planned at all to get him in in any of those times. And then maybe after that, he just figured, like, oh, it's too hard for me to just get him in. It throws off my rhythm. Oh, he he ran the ball, but we only got one yard. Now I'm behind. Now I have to figure out how to get out of this hole with Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I think he just has trouble uh, with really trying to balance that dynamic. And, uh, like, I, I believe him when he says that. Yeah. Some people are able to do that. Some people, it just depends on how you see mm-hmm. the game. It depends on how you see the field. It, you know, all that stuff matters. Like, there's some, I've been around, you know, and I've coached, whether it's high school football, 707. I've been around, you know, coaches for you know years professional whatever there are some coaches you can't really talk to really yep. like when they're because they they're so focused on on like this and they don't know how to really deter away from that or how to like mm-hmm. throw a change up with that and Kyle Shanahan seems like someone who ha- tries to figure it out yeah. like he has his plan or how he sees fit with everything and he doesn't really know how to deter from that the thing is though when it when it's right and it's hidden it's like hey this works it's it's perfect what's the change up though when things mm-hmm. aren't and do you know how to throw a wrinkle in there? I think just with however his mind works, he has a struggle. He struggles with that. Cause I see right here, I see uh, somebody, Sean show. Payton, and, all right, Sean, sure. Payton uh, Sean Payton knows how to put two QBs in the game. You know, mm. so Kyle isn't, I don't even know if it's a, as genius or whatever, but just for whatever reason, the way Sean Payton, he has in his mind, he knows he wants to utilize this. And this is going to be a pivotal part of his play, uh, of his playbook and his scheme and his system. And with Kyle Shanahan, that's just not how he sees the game. Kyle sees the game, you know, how he wants everything to kind of work together a certain way and throwing in a different wrinkle off of that. Like that doesn't play well in his mind. Balancing two quarterbacks, that doesn't play well in his mind. That's that's the only thing that makes sense to me. He's much more traditional in that sense. Everything has to be like he's good at using things that have been mm-hmm. used in this game for years and years and years and throwing his own little wrinkle on it. But Sean Payne's a little bit more forward thinking. And you know what? Don't mm-hmm. discount the fact that that Saints locker room is bought into everything that Sean Payton has to say, too. You know, and that's another thing, man. I don't I'm not saying that Kyle doesn't have that. What I'm saying is Sean Payton's a really, really, really good coach, a very good coach. And people trust him. So when he says that he does it. The team goes with it, mm-hmm. and he's earned that trust. You know, I'm not saying that Kyle hasn't. I'm just saying that to say that Sean Payton and Kyle are on the same level in terms of that, I wouldn't say that. All right, but, Ganil, I appreciate you, you coming go. on. I I'm going to get the go. next caller on, bro. All right. Yup, yup, y'all both right. legends, man. Thank y'all. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you, bro. Thanks, <laughs> Here's a question for you, man. Do you think that uh, Elijah Mitchell will last to his second contract? I don't know why this is a question for me. Um, I mean, yes. You know why? But, because you well, like I mean, uh, Joe Williams more. Joe Williams from Utah. Joe Williams, baby. No. The problem <laughs> is, is this. And, and this is what I was talking about because people you know, were saying, oh, well, Mitch is the bell cow. 
this is why Kyle never really wanted a bell cow. And this is what I was telling somebody in that same in that same discussion, right? In, in that same thread when I said that I prefer Javante Williams over Elijah Mitchell, someone said, well, he's getting the touches. I was like, yeah, he's been injured twice already. And that was before this injury. This is three times. Even Derrick Henry sometimes can't take 30-35 a game like that. It's not the optimal way. Nobody in the league really does that. It was out of necessity. I think he will. I'm not going to be a pessimistic thing. But the whole idea that Mitchell is this, you know, 30, 35 touch guy, every single down, that's not optimal. And that's never been how Kyle Shanahan has wanted to do it. And and that shouldn't be, you know, that's the reason that Javante Williams is not seeing the field that much. You know, like, it's not optimal. And that's the thing. It's just, I feel like it's not sustainable. And I, oh, and that's why when I was telling that person, I was like, did you forget that he's been injured twice? He's missed games. I was like, he just broke his finger. He's like, he missed the game all because of that. Oh, well, it wasn't because of contact. I was like, what? It was because of air? Because of contact. Someone hit his yeah. finger. <laughs> you know, like, what do you mean? It literally was because someone hit him. And that's the thing. And every time that you put the ball in the hands 30, 35 times a game, that's just not an optimal way to run. And especially in this league, that's just not how things are done. More, more, more teams run committees. They do. Jonathan Taylor's a freak. That's different. But he's 21, 22 years old, something like that, right? 23, right around that yeah. age. You know, but it's it's weird, man. I just I just don't think it's sustainable. Mitchell's been great, considering. Pinar, what's on your mind, man? Let us hear it. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, what's up, bro? Shout, shout out to both of you guys, by the way. Um, love what you're doing with this channel, Croc, and, and your whole network, bro. I, I love the fact that you're putting uh, Jasper and Jamal in the right light. So shout out to them because Happy I think that them, it's just great for everybody, you know. So did you listen to the podcast? There, Oh, Did hell yeah, them? I listen to the podcast. Yeah, I'm in the What'd comment section every damn time. Uh, I think that um, I like the chemistry between them. I, I think yeah. that it, it, they have energy. You know, it's not just looking at a wall, talk about, you know, stats and stuff, you know. So I, I, I love uh, seeing the energy by both of them. I love uh, the fact that they're pointing things out regardless if it's uh, positive or negative. So they, they have a, a good balance, I think, between the two. And, um, you know, and I just I already knew Jamal um beforehand and jasper uh me and him got into not necessarily an argument we're just discussing um the bangles and if it's possible to beat them and whatnot and um we just agree to disagree because there's a difference between having an argument and just agreeing to disagree in my opinion and um yeah and and i just love i love both of their takes honestly on everything it was interesting to see the the past versus uh you know i guess to well to 2019 versus the 2012 ish Niners when they were talking about that and the difference between Kittle and Vernon. So I I, I love their chemistry and everything. So um good job so by them. Sure guys, yeah, make sure y'all listen to the man Jasper and Jamal Niner talk with Jasper and Jamal. Uh that'll be up on the frontline sports media uh podcast page with you know Spotify, uh Apple, all that stuff. Obviously, they are on the YouTube channel, they'll have their own little playlist, so you can go straight to them. They're gonna be on every Wednesday night. All right, every Wednesday night, you'll get them. We'll see if we can get them on a, like a post-game show, uh, maybe after the game. Also have 49365. We'll be launching, uh, officially launching their podcast as well. And not just them. You know, I want to bring a, a soccer podcast to the platform. That'll be coming soon. Uh, my wife wants to do a podcast about marriage. Like, so that might be coming soon. So, you know, stay tuned, man. It's, it's not just a 49ers channel. I want you guys to be able to come to this channel for everything, like a grocery store, you know? So, um, Anyways, Pinar, what's on your mind, man? Yeah. Um, there's actually two things. Um, 
Well, the first thing I, I would say, though, because I heard Jason earlier uh, say that, you know, don't be negative and stuff like that. And I, I think that there is a crowd that that is negative, you know, and I think Jason is correct that there are people that completely say, you know, let's just lose out the season. Who cares about going as a wild card team? You know, why be a seven seed and whatnot? And, and don't and don't don't get me wrong. I was I'm definitely one of those people. <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not, i completely say lose out though. I'm not, I'm not negative to where I'm saying, let's just lose out, forget the seven seed. I think there's a, there is benefits from going uh, to, to, you know, to go to the playoffs. And a lot of people would argue that, well, you're lucky that the NFL, you know, allowed there to be a seven seed and whatnot. And, and to what I have to say is that all we could do is play the game that, that, that that's in front of us. What, what, what do you want me to do? Just, you know, be an eighth, eighth, place team what would you want you know so i think there is benefits just because the rookies get to have more experience in that playoff atmosphere regardless if it's a is you know if it's just the most dominant team uh you facing them as a seven scene and whatnot but to um to to for, i i i don't know how you guys feel about this but i'm getting tired of people saying what you should think like as a fan Gatekeepers, you know, like, talk about it. Like, like it, it's really, it's really annoying, you know. And I don't want to curse or anything, but um, I, I'm, I'm getting tired of it. People, people really think they have the audacity to tell you how to think and and what to think and and what your perspective should be. You know, it, it just, I think it's a waste of, it, it's a waste of time, and you definitely aren't going to change anybody's uh, motives. There will always be thinking the way they think, and I, I think that. Um, I think the audacity is just stupid to even say that, you know, for you to say that that I'm a Jimmy hater because I want Trey Lance to play or, or you guys don't see what I see because, you know, Jimmy gives us the best opportunity. And, and you know, I know that both you guys have critiqued Jimmy and, and I love it. And um, and yeah, so I just uh, for everybody out there, stop telling stop telling people how to be a 49er fan. There is no. There is no signature you have to you have to you know write onto some documents to be a certified Niner fan, bro. There's there's none of that. You you put a damn jersey on or not? I know people that don't have jerseys that are more fans than than people that do have jerseys. Sometimes they just can't afford a jersey. But yeah, so um, that's how I feel there. And then the second thing I wanted to say was, when it comes to this Bengals team, right? Do you guys feel like? this game would be close or do you guys feel like given the fact that we don't know about let's just say Mitchell and whatnot do you think that it would we are more than likely gonna lose you know and please and please whenever you guys answer this do not say any given Sunday do not say faith <laughs> right. and do not say all right no 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 cliches uh croc no cliches you, you go first all right I think that Vegas, while they aren't the end-all, be-all, has this game as a pick And I think that that's how they mm-hmm. are looking at this game as well, too. No, they don't and have the game as a pick Don't they have the 49ers favorite? But, like, plus one. Plus yeah, one. and that's on the road. And when you're on the road, the home team gets three points. Oh, so okay. They, I they really, they right. really, so, at a neutral site, they, they feel like the 49ers are four-point favorites. Okay. Or if the so 49ers they, were home. So, there you go. So, all right. So, all right. I take that back then. But Vegas has this game with the 49ers, you know, winning by one, and they have them as favorites, right? I still believe that it's going to be a close game because regardless of what happened last week in that Chargers game, that was kind of fluky the way things happened. Mixon had a fumble, which was returned for a touchdown. Uh, Burrow threw a pick six, I believe, in that game. 
um, things like that. And I would feel way better about this game if Mitchell played. I really would. Because, again, there's so much uncertainty with the running back room. And if Mitchell plays, then I feel much better about it. But I think this game is going to be close. 27-17, I could see it, but I don't expect it. That's what that's what Croc was saying, right? I could see it, but I don't expect that. Mm-hmm. Kind of expected to be a lot closer, especially considering it's going to be over there. So throw out what I said about Vegas, though. Um, not any given Sunday, none of that stuff. I just think Got that a, yeah. a lot of the stuff that happened last week with the Bengals was kind of fluky, and you can't expect them to keep making mistakes like that in this game. Same way the 49ers can't expect to make all those same mistakes from last week. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the Cincinnati Bengals and the 49ers are kind of mirror images of, of each other in, in a sense of like kind of what they are right now. All right. Like when you look at kind of some of the games and, and how there's really no like legit consistency, it's a lot like the 49ers. You look at them out the gate, they started off hot. They, they won three out of their first four games. And then next thing you know, they lose three out of the next five games. Then they win two in a row, then they lose. And there's no consistency even with how they lose. Like, some of the games are really close. I mean, they've been blown out. They lost 41-16 to to Cleveland. Even in their Los Angeles game, they won 41. They lost 41-22. But we were watching that game. Like, that game, the uh, the Chargers were up 24-0, I believe, in that game. Yeah. So, I feel like with mm-hmm. them, there's no consistency even with how they play from week to week. So, I do, although, you know, like last week, okay, whatever, they lost or whatever, but... They've had these games where it just looks really weird. And for uh, Bengals fans, probably a lot like 49er fans, they don't know which team is going to show up. 49ers, you know, there could be a team that shows up that if they don't make mistakes and stuff, they dominate like they did against the Rams. Like, there is a version of that with the 49ers in it. Matter of fact, I mean, even if you look at last week in Seattle, the score was 23-14, to and, and the 49ers kind of imploded and had all these weird things happen, and then not scoring the second half, which, you know, something I bet none of us expected. I didn't. I put money on the 49ers second half, and they're over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Jason Pate helps me do that. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's when, – when you look at these teams, I think both of them are probably looking at it the same – again, I was on with the with the Bengals podcast people. They think the 49ers are going to win this game. But I'm pretty sure there's a, there's a bunch of 49ers fans that feel like the Bengals are going to win this game. So nobody really knows which way to go with this. Uh, I like the 49ers' chances because in my head it's just, well, if the 49ers just play their game and don't shoot themselves too many times, they will win this game. And I think they win it handily. But it's tough because you just don't know which 49ers team is going to show up. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with both of your guys' uh, takes on it. Um, can't really disagree with anything you guys said. So... You know, it, it is what it is, you know, like, I'm just glad to not hear the word faith used and hope in any given Sunday. I just, I really, but I will say, Pano, just like remain faithful, man. And I think now I'm joking. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, bro, come on, bro. I'm like, who am I, man? Who am I? The pastor right here? But nah, uh, nah, but one, th- one thing I actually do have to say before I go is um, actually t- I have to uh, tell Jason, sorry. Uh, to him and Jordan. Now, now, I don't know if Jason really knew this or not. I don't think he did because I, I didn't get his attention as much as uh, Jordan and Brad whenever they were streaming. But I used to hate Kyle so much in the beginning of the season. And I would literally say that only Shans is a Walmart brand. <laughs> and I used to I used to hate you guys for praising that. Not necessarily praising him like unrightfully, but you guys are fans of him and you guys have, you know, I guess you could say hope in, into what he becomes eventually 
you yeah. know, so I, I don't I don't think you guys are really um you guys have been fair. You guys well, have been fair, I think, this, for the most this part. This too, this too. Um, so we definitely are fans of the play designs, right? Like when I started yeah. to really get into when I really started to get into the X's and O's and I started to learn like croc, you know, sometimes I would send him a play and say, What am I looking at here? Same thing when I do that with Rich, like I don't know everything, and that's the beauty of football is you're learning, right? I really fell in love mm-hmm. with a lot of the ways that he puts pressure on defenses in certain ways with subtle things, right? And I and I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And only chance really is just more a meme than anything at this point, bro. Like it really is just yeah. a meme at this point, really. Like that's all it really is. Like it's less about that. I spent the larger part of this season criticizing Cop a lot, man, a lot yeah. for a lot of things. You know, I criticized him for the way that, that he handled Brandon Ayuk, but guess what? It came out the right way because Brandon Ayuk came out the other end and praising him about it. So uh, in terms of that, when we were bored during the offseason and we were trying to, like, you know, drum up content and just be funny, that's how that came about. It's not necessarily that he he can't be, like, criticized because we still go with him, like, when it's like that, but it's more a meme than anything, mm-hmm. bro. But, yeah, a lot of it was rooted in when I was learning – you know, I, I grabbed this book. This helped me a lot. Bobby Peters wrote a book about oh, the 2019, yeah, that. The 2019 mm-hmm. 49ers offensive manual. So when I had a lot of downtime during the season, you know, I read about all the concepts and how that works. And he has timestamps on all the plays. So you go to Game Pass and you watch it develop and he talks about, okay, this is the block. This is the second portion of it. This is how the concepts work. So I started to really get to know how well the offense works. Got my hands on his installs from washington to uh to atlanta to even the 49ers installs like i was able to pull that from from people all over the internet and that's when i really started the trigger in my head okay this guy is really putting pressure on people and you know obviously that doesn't dictate you know right away to wins but that's how that all started and then it just ended up being a meme so yeah man i would i would advise anybody Mm. if you're looking to figure out some of the intricacies of the offense and how things work that book is incredible, man, and, and you can just go to Game Pass and just correlate it with the uh, with the with the timestamp so you can see it. I saw it, I read it, then I was able to see it, then read it again, and then it really started to click into my mind, and I started to learn a lot more about X's and O's that way. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, and and I definitely need to get that, you know, because he's he, he just seems like a genius. Whenever I look at all his content, he does more than the 49ers, too. It's yeah, I mean, I have this one too. I mean, I know nobody wants to see it either, but I have the Packers one. From from the year uh, the year after, <laughs> I mean the, Packers the the books the books are he does one for a team every year he's done one on the Bucks yeah. the Patriots the Packers he's doing he's done one about the Raiders but they're all on Amazon for you to pick up so it's good to understand a lot of the concepts and when I read this one this one showed me that as much as everybody wants to say Matt Lafleur runs Kyle Shanahan's offense it's not completely the same at all actually and mm-hmm. I think that Lafleur throws his own little flavor on it so but yeah I would I would implore anybody who wants to learn a little bit more about offenses. Um, go check out those books. Yeah, I agree. And um, and yeah, just thank you guys for the content. You know, I'll keep listening. I'll go back to the store because I left my wallet at home, and I that's the only reason why I called back in. Um, but uh, but yeah, just thank you guys. And um, you know, I'm I'm still gonna judge Kyle every step of the way through. It's not just about play design for me. It, it's everything. You being a baby in the pressers, you picking the right players, and and to be honest it's not always a, a draft bust every time they go into a draft, obviously. So they do hit on people, but I just wish that the people that I think he picks can work out, you know, and, and you know, it, it's whatever, but just thank you guys, you know, and uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. Have an average day. Thank appreciate you, you bro. Right, appreciate have an average day. Hey, yo, he's funny. Hey, stay, hell, stay, stay, stay faithful. <laughs> and you give us Sunday. All right. All right, here we go. Uh, we got coast to coast tonight. 
with uh, Cone and Aponte. What time can't can wait people to get, catch that? I can't, can't wait to get lit up on the, in the comment section of that. Uh, I mean, if anybody's ever been on in Grant's comment section, boy, they be giving me the work, man. Even when I say, like, I'll say two plus two is four. And they'll be like, man, this guy's an idiot, man. He has no idea what he's talking about, bro. <laughs> but yeah, that's at uh, that's at four o'clock my time, one o'clock uh, Pacific time. So I'm gonna go hit the barbershop, and then I'm gonna come back and chop it up with Grant. And uh, yeah, man, that comment section is wild, man. And then the best part about that is like not only the live comments, but when I go and I, I like I get bored one day and I'll go look at the comments. Yo, people are lighting me up, Croc. This guy's a clown. I don't understand why you even have him on this yeah. show. What is? How can an East Coast guy even know about the 49ers? Uh, uh, I'll be like, all right, man, whatever, bro. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Yeah. Gotta have thick skin to get on that cone. Uh, I've been on there a couple of times. I think Cone has had me on. Have you like? Have you watched like the live chat? I had to stop because I start reacting to the live chat, and I'll be like, "Yo, what are you talking about, bro? Like, what is like? You don't even know what you mean." Like, and then I was like, "All right, I'm getting off the rails here. I gotta chill out with that." You know what? I'm just gonna click the little thing to maximize the screen and not even pay attention. Not to even look. Just I nothing. just keep it on private chat. I don't look at the comments. I never. If he pulls up a comment, that's one thing or whatever. But I don't see the comments because they be saying wild stuff. Like 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 people be in there being like, "Yo, Jason looks like a snack," and I'll be like, "All right, hey, yo, this is wild in here." Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, anyways, man, Jason, you've been plenty of uh, you know, uh, you've been really good with your time today. I appreciate that. Real quick, I appreciate everybody I that's hungry, man. Yeah, Real quick ahead. before I go, you got a fantasy matchup this week. Who are you playing this week? Am I playing you? You're lucky last week. I don't know how. I, I thought I edited my roster, but I guess I didn't. So then I Colin didn't Murray play. didn't start. I didn't put Colin Murray back in. But, you, but golf, golf threw that touchdown at the end of the game for you. But it didn't help me. I think Colin Murray had more points. Of course it did. I lost, I by, like, I lost by like seven. You better fix it. You better fix it this week. You better, well, you better check that out. this week. Yeah, you want to you want to talk about that real quick because we can go through our lineups and let people in the comments figure out who they think is gonna win this week. No, 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 because we've already been going for damn near two hours. <laughs> I, I know we're supposed right. to get into that, but I'm like, man, it's already right. about to be ten thirty my, my time. Right. We'll I appreciate everybody that's in here. Appreciate my my dog Aponte for uh, sticking with me throughout this whole time. Appreciate everybody that's contributed to the show today. I appreciate everyone that has put a like in and or subscribed if you weren't already subscribed you know so hit that like button if you haven't hit the subscribe button i appreciate all that i appreciate the support from everybody uh that's been supporting not just the show but the platform and everything that's coming the gear is coming we're gonna have the uh the faithful edition of the the uh frontline sports gear coming out so stay tuned on that tomorrow is fan friday so everything tomorrow will be all about you the fans i'll bring y'all on i'll do a little underdog fantasy stuff promo code crocky but everything tomorrow will be about you, the fans, bringing y'all on for the entire time. I uh, can't wait for that. We do have a contribution here. Crocky went on Grant's show and talked about injury. Uh, was that Grant's platform? I feel like that was my platform. Wait, it was you, him, and Evan? Yeah, that was my platform. Yeah. When I had Will Blackman come on and Will Blackman talked like, you know, Will Blackman, 12-year NFL veteran or uh, pro. He's retired now. But, uh, Will, that's my guy. But uh, Will came on and he talked about just injuries and how different places that he had been, how they did things in comparison to the 49ers and some of the injuries that the 49ers dealt with. Because we do forget, but 49ers lost a couple of guys before the season even started. Right. Right. So, uh, you know. That, that was the conversation. Away. It was about the strength and conditioning team and, and how that yeah. goes into all that. Right. And you guys had to talk about like your experiences in the league. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think he was on my, but I have been on his platform as well. So. 
but yeah, man, I appreciate everybody that's in here. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, substitute injuries and overtraining. Yeah, see, so that was on my platform. Yeah. I would have to go way back to see that Will Blackman was really good with his time. One thing about Will Blackman, I'll get him on here and he'll, you know, he'll talk. I want to get some other 49er players on here. I'll, I'll reach out to some guys so we can get some insight on some of the things. And it'll probably be past guys. I don't really talk too much to the new guys. But um, they typically have good insight just on the NFL, how it works and all that. And, you know, I have my limited experience playing in the NFL. But some of these other guys that have been around multiple organizations, you know, they have a different kind of insight. So we'll, we'll get some guys on here. Did have DJ Reed on here. DJ Reed had some good stuff to to say about and how, you know, it was different between playing for Pete Carroll and Kyle Shanahan. That was really cool. But, uh, yeah, man, appreciate everybody that's in here. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. I got Jason has been really good with his time. I appreciate that. And uh, Jasper and Jamal, I hope you all go listen to that. And I don't talk Jasper and Jamal. Go listen to the podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, listen to Locked On 49ers with myself and Brian Peacock. But until next time, man, we are out. Peace. Intercepted. It is picked off by Eric Crocker. Over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.